Hey, this is Tiffany Lowe, owner of Christian Michael Salon and CM Hair Extensions. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my great friend, Stacy O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine and my personal hairstylist. Tiffany. Tiffany is a salon owner and hairstylist that cares deeply for each client that sits in her chair and strives to achieve each client's dream hairstyle. She thrives on mentoring new hairstylists and watching them grow. And reality is she is much, much more. And I am beyond excited for you to hear our conversation today. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure results. This is gonna be a phenomenal conversation with Tiffany. She's got so much depth to her, so much experience and a lot of success at a really young age. Really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm beyond excited to have you on the show. You know, I, I, I get asked all the time, what, what makes us pick or choose our guest experts? And, you know, for me, it's a lot of things. I've got, I've got definitely a, a criteria of, of requirements. One of them being they have to have built a six and seven figure business in the past or have one existing and they've got to be able to add value, you know, and, and being a speaker, being out in front of a room on a continual basis, you know, we're our brand, right? Yeah, right. And, and hair speaks volumes hair hair talks about you before you talk about you right yep. <clears throat> so that 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 was one thing however the big thing was who you are the dynamics of of how you are and what you've built and that's really why i i invited you to be a guest on the show so 
let's have our guests get to know you a little bit. So who is Tiffany? Okay, awesome. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Tiffany, and I am the owner of Christian Michael Salon in Huntington Beach. I also mentor young stylists, and I'm also a celebrity hairdresser for LA Travel Magazine and Orange County Travel Magazine. Um, I am 32 years old. <laughs> um, I've been in this industry for 15 years now. I started mm. out really young. Um, and ever since I walked into this industry, I knew that this is where I needed to be. I knew that this was my calling, especially mm. when I started getting behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's been such a blessing, such a journey. Um, a lot of my business and what I do has so much to do with who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like a lot of times people think about hair as, you know, just vanity mm -hmm. and just um, what people look like. And it's so much deeper. It's so much more um, the relationships that you build the feeling that you get knowing that you have an impact on somebody's life for the good is, I mean, it never gets old. Mm -hmm. it, it never gets old. Um, and relationships really. And also with mentorship. I mean, this is like, for me, watching these young girls, I, I kind of see myself, you know, I see myself and I see how much I want them to succeed. And it's, so genuine. The relationship is so genuine. And for me, I think that has been one of the most fulfilling pieces of my career is really mentoring these young girls. It just, it like fills my soul, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So did you, when you got into hair, did you just decide, you know what, I'm going to open up a hair salon or did you rent a chair or were you an employee or how did it all start for you? So when I first started in this industry, um, as you know, a young pup, young kid, mm -hmm. I was assisting, I went directly in like dove in and, um, I went from assistant to really managing these salons. And when I started managing these salons, I realized absolutely not. This is not what I want in my life. Um, and I feel like being honest about that is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw a lot of things that I, I didn't want to deal with. You know, I, I, it just, that wasn't for me in my brain, you know, mm -hmm. that was not something that I wanted to even touch. So kind of fast forwarding through my career, I started with an assistant and I had had multiple assistants before, but this was different for me. Um, I knew that I didn't want to let this assistant go. I wanted to see it through. I wanted to watch her grow all the way to the end. Mm. So what ended up happening was, is that assistant turned into a stylist. And then my next assistant turned into a stylist mm. and it kind of just spiraled and we were busting at the seams and, you know, things were moving very quickly. And that's when I made the decision, you know what, Tiffany, I am going to create 
what Tiffany wants, what Tiffany sees to be successful. What's happening is we need a space. Mm -hmm. We need a salon. We need our place to call home. Okay. That was going to be able to take in these young hairdressers and be able to mentor them and give them a home that's safe, where they can build success, where they can, you know, really truly learn and know that the person that's behind them loves them and wants them to move forward, wants them to have success instead of holding them back, you know? So from there, that's where I built Christian Michael Salon. It's been a journey and it's been a beautiful journey. I have learned so much. I have been humbled, you know, multiple times over. And, um, that's pretty much how my salon started. Mm, that's awesome. So has it been easy? No, <laughs> no, no, it, it hasn't. Um, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, going back to what I have learned in, you know, in this, um, journey mm-hmm. is I've been humbled over and over and over again mm-hmm. by learning. And I think something that I've learned more than anything is learning to be an owner while loving at the same time and yeah. caring at the same time. And that's really, really, really hard to do. And I can see why a lot of people would just give up and be like, this is too hard. Mm-hmm. But if you create and learn a balance through failure, um, you know, you will gain the success. Yep. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. Now, uh, memory serves me properly. You own a few businesses. So, yeah. So what, what took you to the path of becoming a serial entrepreneur and expanding yourself with multiple businesses? Well, okay. So if I see something and I don't like it and I use it all the time, I feel the need to create my own. Okay. Uh, And so for me, when I opened my hair extension line, CM hair extensions, um, you know, I had been doing extensions for 12 years and I constantly fell into the same problem. And I always want the best for my client because I care about them. And it always comes back and really comes down to how much I care about them. And I want the best for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I sought out Christian Michael hair extensions, CM mm-hmm. hair extensions. Um, and I really went into okay, what do I want? I want the best, like finding it, putting in the time, putting in the money. Um, I, that's kind of how it brought me to being a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) I didn't see myself really doing that, Mm -hmm. but I've always loved business, always have been, you know, a, um, problem solver. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's kind of where the problem solving started. Mm-hmm. And that's where my businesses, you know, went to. Mm-hmm. And with Monate, um, I found a product that I loved and that worked for me. And I felt like, darn, I am being so selfish if I don't share this with the people that I love. Like, I really felt that way. I felt like, you know, maybe I'll get pushed back from the industry. But at the end of the day, my biggest concern is the people that I care about, which comes down to my clients who trust me so deeply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And that is a direct sales opportunity that you blew up rather quickly. I mean, you were making five figures a month within a couple months, right? It was, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, that, that I blew up very fast. Yeah. It yeah. blew up very fast. And that was, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, the experts say that the uh, average wealthy business owner has passive income streams of at least seven, right? So let's talk about some failure, you know, the F word. Yeah. How, how has failure been instrumental in your growth and in your success? And how have you overcome it? Okay. You know, I feel like failure is key. It's important. It's mm -hmm. something that we never want to talk about, the F word. I love that you use that term because that's kind of the reality, right? Nobody wants to talk about failure. Um, and failure to me is important because when you get knocked down, you have to learn something from that that's going to make you better. You, For mm -hmm. me, I have to come back to the drawing board and say, okay, Tiffany, you got to look at this. You can't run away from it. Mm -hmm. What did A, you not do correctly? And B, what are you going to learn from this? What are you going to change? What, what avenue are you going to go, go into next time to change things for yourself? And really, again, be humbled down and accept it. And sometimes I take a moment and I really reflect on it. But for me, also, failure is a push. It's almost like gas in my car. I don't know how else to kind of explain it other than it humbles me down, brings me down, and then I have to push forward, put the gas back in my car, and I got to drive the car. I got to get back in the car. I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, failure is one of these things that helps me navigate success easier because it's only failure if I choose to push away the learnings, right? If I choose not to grow and evolve from it and experiencing the F-bombs, because trust me, a lot of them have been bombs, right? Experiencing the F-bombs have just made me better at all aspects, yeah. a better coach, a better trainer, a better speaker, a better business owner, just better across the board, right? It's when it's when I don't choose to pick myself up from it. It's when I don't choose to look at it that failure really exists because I'm missing the opportunity to allow myself to evolve from a better version of me. Right. You know, like just recently you took a hit, right? We all take hits in business. We all take hits, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I think I, I saw you a couple of weeks after you took that big hit and that big hit set you back probably six figures, maybe not that much, right? And when I saw you, you were kind of licking your wounds a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so getting in the car and driving the car, I love that metaphor, right? Reality is cars always need gas. Reality is cars always need maintenance. That's kind of what feedback is, what failure is to the person. It's the maintenance, right? It's, it's the fuel. Now, 
there's this human element in business, right? Right. And, and one thing that I love about you is uh, your vulnerability. You have this shielded vulnerability to where, <laughs> to where you allow people to get close to you on your terms. And it takes a while to penetrate that shield, right? Right. And in, in the journey of building a business, there's this trust factor that has to happen. Right. So how does someone who has a hard time trusting, trust themselves and trust others to build a business? You know, Stacy, I love that you're hitting it home for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great question because this is a struggle. Yeah. And I feel like being honest about that is very, like, it's, it's important, you know, and, and I'm an honest person and I got to be honest about that, that that's a hard, that's a hard factor because when you're somebody who struggles with trust and you're trying to trust someone, um, you know, it can be really hard, but for me, what I've been practicing is really, <laughs> letting go a little bit of the rain, mm. um, which is hard, you know, I mean, truly you, it, it's hard, especially when you get burned, you know, yep. but at the end of the day, like, you know, there's a lot of great people out there and, you know, I, and I do give a lot emotionally. I do give a lot, but you, you hit it right on the head. It's like, I'll give, give, give until I hit that threshold where it's like, okay, like that's where Tiffany stops because I haven't fully, you know, a hundred percent moved past that. There's moments I have moments, mm -hmm. but I struggle, you know, I'm a human being and I, and I struggle and I'm, you know, protective of myself. Um, because I think, you know, when you grow up a certain way, um, you know, it's kind of like your imprint. Mm -hmm. And so for me, moving past that has just been tiny steps every day. And I do, you know, I think something that's really important is I celebrate success. So sometimes when I go home, I'll actually notice it. Um, I'll notice where I might've been extra vulnerable, vulnerable that day or extra trusting, or, you know, I take a leap where I normally wouldn't trust. Mm -hmm. And I congratulate myself on that because I feel like it's important. Mm -hmm. I don't want to act like it's not a big deal because it is a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that, 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 that we went down this rabbit hole because I do know what happened. And that's, that's for another conversation, right? And this whole trust factor. So when it comes to business and, and the, the, the human element, you know, we're a business owner. And because we're a business owner, we get to talk with people, work with people, right. trust people, right? And it doesn't matter what you're doing. There, there's no such thing as a as a self-made millionaire. There's no such right. thing as, as the, the self-made successful person because there's so many different elements involved, whether they're prospective clients or suppliers or contractors or 
employees, just resources in general. So I say all that to say the only way we can ever trust anyone is to trust ourselves. That's the only way, right? And, you know, we, we've all been hurt. We've all been scorned. We've all had emotional baggage. We bring 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of, of life and history and experience with us today. And every ounce of who and what we are has created what we're surrounded by today. And if we second guess ourselves, if we, if we don't trust ourselves, right? how can we ever trust anyone else? I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I think you just hit me with something where I'm just, you know, wow. Sorry, wasn't intended to. Yeah, no, because I consistently will find myself struggling with that. Because I think, again, it goes down to an imprint of you maybe as a kid and you, you, you go through, you know, can I trust myself? Can I trust myself? Can I trust myself? And if you can't trust you, how can you trust anybody else? Mm -hmm. You know? And so moving forward in that has been, I, I, I really feel like, gosh, you know, from 21 to now, that has been a noticeable struggle at the forefront of my mind, especially mm -hmm. in business, because you constantly want somebody to tell you what to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you're in the driver's seat, I mean, you have to make those decisions. Are you going left? Are you going straight? Are you going to right? go right? Are you going to stop? Mm -hmm. And you are the only one making those decisions. Mm -hmm. So you have to trust yourself. And so that's hard. Yeah. On, on that note, looking for someone to, to, to constantly tell us what to do, you know, that's, that's a values level thing inside of us. We have, uh, we have unconscious filters. Our belief system is our unconscious filter. Our value system is our unconscious filter. Our meta programs, they're our unconscious filter on every experience in life floods us. And as it comes in, and it's approximately 11 million bits per second, flood our senses and our neurology. So as that information comes in, it gets deleted, distorted, and generalized. And our filtering system does that. So within our value system, we have what's known as values level thinking. And that values level thinking uh, is how we show up with what's important to us at our deepest, most unconscious level. And the majority of the U.S. is a values level four or five. Values level fours need, they, they need that boss. They need to be told what to do. Values level five is the awakening of entrepreneurism. It's the awakening of, I'm tired of making somebody else rich, Right. Right. So, so what, what happens is this, this awakening and, and let's face it, entrepreneurism is huge in the, in the U S it's huge in the world. It's, it's very big in the U S and COVID's kind of really pushed more into it. Right. You know, a lot of, a lot of layoffs happened. A lot of furloughs happened. A lot of people had to redefine themselves, figure out who and what they are and what it is they're going to do to support themselves. And mm -hmm. So you have a lot of values level four thinking people out there where they're, 
they don't know what to do because they don't have someone over them. And, you know, I've mentioned on, on many episodes, we have, when we're self-employed, when we're business owners, we have the best boss ever and the worst boss ever. Yeah. We have the best boss ever. Cause when we want a day off, we get it. Right. And we have the worst boss ever. Cause when we want a day off, we get it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that same boss doesn't know what they don't know. And if you don't know what you don't know, those blind spots are impossible to navigate. Right. So people start a business, they have a great idea, they're excited, they're passionate, and then they don't know what to do. Right. You know, I, I, I've coached thousands of entrepreneurs, you know, through group coaching and masterminding and individual coaching. And it's usually the number one problem. Right. Itty bitty shitty committee. Can I do this? Should I do this? How do I do this? And then the not knowing. Right. So let's talk about you navigating the not knowing. I mean, you got into this industry, how old? 18? Um, so I started my first job in this industry at 16. It was like 15 and a half. I worked at the Clinique counter doing makeup. Cool. <laughs> so I went to school okay. when I was 20. Okay. So then you, you get into hairstyling. Yes. Right. Yeah. Then you decide you're going to open up your own salon. Yes. How did you navigate that? Not knowing what you didn't know. Um, okay. So how I navigated that was, I, I will be honest, networking is number one. Absolutely. I feel like people really need to know that keeping business relationships is so key. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I, I pride myself on being like loyal and honest with everyone that I have business relationships with. And so mm -hmm. for me, I'm very blessed that I have strong ones, even, you know, old business owners that I had that own salons. I mean, I was so blessed to have them. Um, so networking, I utilized my resources. And the second thing that I did when I opened this place was I really had a vision for what I wanted. And I stuck to that vision. I knew what I wanted to create and gosh, darn it, I was going to stick to it. And if the money was an issue, I found a way whether I you know, Stacey, I put in, I, I hung drywall. Mm. I hung drywall. I laid floor. Um, I ripped up concrete. I laid self-leveling concrete. Um, you know, I cut wood. So for me, I became multiple hats mm -hmm. and I always want to learn everything and I want to be able to do everything. And through networking, hustling, putting in my, you know, my expertise as far as a hairdresser and what I knew from my business, what I had learned over, you know, years and years, and also becoming somebody that's not afraid to get down and dirty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I did it. That's how I built it. So you've heard the old adage, if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse, right? Exactly. Yeah. So many so many really avoid understanding the hustle and the grit necessary 
to build something that you build. You know, I have people come up to me and go, man, I really wish I had the life that you have. And I was, and, and I, I say to them, it's easy. It's not easy. It's simple. Right. Yeah. And all you, all you get to do is come up with a plan, schedule the plan, implement the plan. Right. Dig in, ask more of yourself than you ever have before. Surround yourself with mentors, people who aspire to have what you want. So be the, be the brokest person in the room. You want to really be uncomfortable. Surround yourself with people that have double the money that you have. Right. right. Um, I put, make sure that you know the least in every room you put yourself in. Right. And, and ask more of yourself, implement, have a strong work, work ethic, hustle and dig in and do the grit. Right. And about three quarters of that are what people lack. You know, they, they avoid, they avoid doing the personal and professional development. They avoid doing the plan. They avoid taking action on their plan. They, they surround themselves with people they're comfortable with, right? I mean, I have a coach that's a multi-billionaire and the conversations that I have with him, well, let's just say they hurt my brain <laughs> in a good way, right? <laughs> Great, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because uh, he, he lets Kiana sit, on, sit in on some of our Zooms and, um, you know, he talks about his house in San Juan and his house in Laguna and his house in San Clemente and he talks about his house in Malibu and, you know, he'll, he'll go to one of those houses and spend a weekend there and we get off the call and Kiana, Kiana looks at me and she goes, how many homes does he have? And she goes, he just talks about them like they're his home. And I said, well, they are. And she goes, but he mentioned like 15 of them. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Oh Kim. my gosh. That's so, <laughs> so, so my whole point is when you surround yourself with people who think differently than you, who have a higher level of expectation of life, they really want to live it as opposed to existing in it kind of rubs off on you. You know, we, um, we just finished our largest training of the year. And, uh, and one of our coaches leaned over and, and she goes, I love your expectations. I love how you refuse to settle for subpar. And I said, you know, I said, I learned a long time ago, if I'm gonna ask a lot of myself and expect a lot of myself, then it's fair for me to surround myself with people who do the same and vice versa. If I'm gonna expect a lot of others, it's only fair if I expect a lot of myself. Right. So this, this hustle, the, this grit, this, this foresight you have of success, has it always been that way? Yes. <laughs> Where's it come from? Um, well, I always, well, okay. So my mom, she raised four kids, mm. um, pretty much by herself. Okay. Um, and my mom really taught me about money. She's a nurse 
And yes, nurses make, you know, a good living. Mm -hmm. My mom had a lot of kids and not a lot of help. And I remember the biggest gift that my mom ever gave me. Like, seriously, I think about it till this day is from a very, very, very tiny age, my mom would say, okay, it's time for school clothes. Here's a hundred dollars. And this is what you can do. You can either buy a hundred dollar pair of jeans, or you can figure it out and Mm. you can budget and we will go wherever you want to go, but this is what you have. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, that really taught me, you know, budgeting and money and understanding the value of things that was at a young age, that was key. That was so important for me and saving my lunch money and, you know, starting to work at 15 and a half on a worker's permit. And my mom, she's, she's so, my mom is so amazing, Mm -hmm. but she would pick me up and because I couldn't drive, she would pick me up from work and I would have tips because I was doing like to-go orders at this little tiny restaurant <laughs> right by our you know, high school. And she would take me to the bank and I would take my money and I would deposit it into my account. And mm-hmm. I learned you know, how to really stretch my money and what I could do on my own to save money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like there has been moments in my life where I haven't had as much drive, but I do feel like those times are short and kind of far in between because I have this kind of go, go, go drive mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's very similar in the way of like going, going, going. Um, and you know, that small thing that my mom did for me taught me so much that when I did open my salon, like I did that on my own, but I also didn't take out a loan to do that. I did that on my own. Like I didn't owe anybody anything. Nice. And that's really important to me. Like I look at that and think to myself, thank you, mom. Thank you for, you know, doing that for me because, um, it's taught me a lot. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm I'm proud of, I'm proud of my mom, Mm. you know, she's a hardworking lady. Yeah. She's a smart girl. (laughs) How does she, how does she feel about you being a business owner? Oh, my mom, she's, she's so proud of me. She Mm. really is. Uh, you know, my dad, I say my dad is, uh, my biggest cheerleader, if I ever need an up, I call my dad. (laughs) My dad always says the same thing to me. And, you know, he's really my stepdad. My biological dad passed away a few years ago, but my stepdad really raised me. Okay. And he always says the same thing to me whenever I'm struggling, because I call him for, you know, a good pep talk. And he says, you know what, honey? I know you and anything you touch turns to gold. <laughs> it's so sweet. Whether, 
Well, you know, I think he really does believe that. And he's, you know, he is the pep talk and my mom, she's so proud of me, but she keeps me pushing forward. Mm. My mom is the person that will listen and ask some critical kind of questions. Um, she, she could be a tough cookie, Mm -hmm. but she's proud of me. And, um, she is very helpful. And she'll say, you know, my mom always says to me, I don't know, you're, you're such a risk taker. You're such a risk taker. And I'm always like, mom, it's, I'm not a risk taker. I I mean, yes, I am in a way, but if you believe and you do it the right way and I follow all the steps, like how am I taking a risk mom, Mm -hmm. you know? And to my mom, she, she didn't, she wasn't able to take certain risks because she had these kids and she was on her own, you Mm -hmm. know? And for me, I'm blessed that I can set it up. And, and I guess she's, she's kind of right. I I'm taking a risk, but maybe I don't feel like it's a risk because I'm banking on myself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're calculated risks and, and I mean, you're not spraying and praying. You have right. a vision and you have a plan and a strategy to achieve that vision and you take action and that action does have some calculated risk attached to it. You know, the, the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is you have no ceiling. However, you have no floor either. And it's really important that you trust yourself so that you can trust others and have sensory acuity. And the risks are educated, they're calculated. And reality is having a job and there's nothing wrong with having a job that does have a ceiling and it doesn't have a floor. It's a false sense of security that a lot of the world just recently saw You know, we've always known that we were numbers in corporate America, right? People found out the hard way how much so. And, you know, if I'm going to have a floor or a ceiling, I'm going to build it myself and I'm going to, I'm going to build one that's adjustable. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that, that your mother had empowered you at such a young age and educated you on the lesson and the value. She taught you so much more than, than I think you'll ever really know. Right. You know, it's the, the, there's a saying in the industry that, that I'm in and that is who we were as a child is where we are today. Right. Yeah. And, and reality is she gave you amazing gifts. I, So my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad was one of the top salespeople in the tri-state area on the East Coast before, this was before I moved out to California. And I, I watched my dad climb the corporate ladder and I watched him back in the seventies make six figures. And that was a lot of money back then. And um, it was all on his ingenuity. It was all on his creativeness and foresight. And, you know, when I, uh, when I did my first lemonade stand, my dad had built it. He loved, even though he was a salesperson, he loved working with his hands. And he built one of those lemonade stands, kind of like the kissing booth you see in peanuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he built me a lemonade stand 
and um, and then took me to the market and bought me lemonade and cups and all of that, and then invoiced me. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I'm like six, maybe five, and he invoiced me, and I had to pay back that invoice before I ever got any money. And, you know, I lived in upper middle-class suburbia and we lived in a residential area. So we didn't have a lot of street traffic. So I knew that when I left the lemonade stand, it was unintended and I might miss somebody driving by the road, which probably happened like once every 20 minutes. (laughs) So I would, I deployed all my friends, you know, I sold my lemonade for 10 cents for a small cup and 15 cents for a large cup. I deployed all my friends to go knock on doors and anybody that they brought to get lemonade, I'd give them a penny. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. And, um, and then I took all of that and my dad, uh, 50% of it had to go to the invoice and 50% of it I kept. So then I'd go, I'd walk to the, uh, to the store and I'd buy, remember those little uh, bubble gums? Yes. I'd buy them for a nickel. Then I'd take them to school and I'd sell them for 25 cents because supply and demand. Yeah. And then I'd go and I'd replenish inventory and then 50% would go to dad and 50% would go to me. And yeah, that was, and I never realized how much of a lesson it was until I got into business. Yeah. I, uh, when I started the, the printing company, I had money and the printing company was struggling. And then after everything went south and a lot of the listeners know that story, you know, my, my business partner had embezzled everything and then sued me. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a struggle. I spent four and a half years in court. Um, and I, allowed myself to use tools I never even knew I had yeah. to build pivot point. And that was bootstrapping. And it was probably, it was probably one of the most exciting times of my life. Yeah. Scary, because I didn't have money. <laughs> yeah, so scary. Yeah. So let's talk about bootstrapping. Okay. You know, you said that uh, networking is one of the most important things. So I've built two seven-figure businesses 100% from word-of-mouth marketing and networking. I I didn't have a presence on the internet until right before the pandemic because for me, it was all about the relationship. It was all about networking. It was all about meeting people and adding value to them in their lives. And it got reciprocated. Right. And and then uh, I I don't remember who I was talking to. Uh, they, They pushed on me and they're like, well, I, I Googled you and you're not on the internet. And I go, well, why would I be on the internet? Everything I do is live. And they're like, well, people need to know about you. And I'm like, they do. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, Stace, why don't you jump out and welcome to the millennium? And so I did, I hired a web designer and, you know, I got on social media and it's a whole different world and I'm okay. Yeah. With it. yeah. I really am. And to me, it was, it's all about the relationship. I mean, I have, I have people who hear the podcast or find me on social media. They put, they put themselves on my calendar and then I get to have really cool conversations with people. Right. Yeah. How has networking helped you? 
Networking has helped me so much because not only has it helped me grow as a person, mm. uh, because I really, you know, something, especially in my industry, it is so much more than hair. It is, this is, okay, yes, hair, it, that's amazing. You know, that your client walks out, they feel beautiful, great. But the, the way you touch them and the emotional connection that you have with that person mm-hmm. is far deeper than, uh, you know, I think it gets credit for. And I kind of view networking very similar. Um, the, build, the building of these genuine relationships for me, networking has been really key because it's helped me mm-hmm. <laughs> with my trust issues sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's a really beautiful thing because it's almost feels like a business within itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's got to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost a business within your within itself because I can't imagine being a business owner and not having business owners to rely on mm-hmm. or to help mentor me. Um, I mean, I've had, I can't, I mean, Stacy, I can't even tell you how many times I have called these girls that I have worked with that own salons or old owners, um, and how much they've helped me or vice versa and doing, you never know where something's going to take you. Okay. That is the beauty that there we go. There it is. That is the beauty of networking. Okay. So when you network and you have strong relationships with people, they, there is something so beautiful that happens where you can trust that person and you can actually go into a whole other side business or a whole nother form of, of revenue. Like you, it's crazy. You know, um, I'm doing some things right now that have been, you know, directly from networking and trust and it's so beautiful and I'm so excited and it really, I I mean, I, I know I've said it before, but gosh, it really fills my soul. That's awesome. It's I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So being, being a hairstylist, you're also kind of a part-time therapist. Correct. That is correct. How do you, how do you handle that with clients who are so personal with you while you're there to, to show up to professionally support them? Um, I do think that this is a gift. Mm. Um, I really do. I think hairdressers, um, that we really are, are, part-time therapist as well. Um, (laughs) relationship. I always know if something's going on with a client, if they're coming in, you know, if I saw them recently and they just want to come in and get a blow dry, I know they need to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they need to discuss something. It's a very beautiful relationship. It's something I take, I take my relate, my client, um, relationships actually very seriously. Mm. I, I don't repeat anything. I yep. know my clients know that. Um, I I I want them to know that they have me and I they can trust me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to be that person that's going to screw them over. Um, but also Stacy, I love them. I love them. And mm-hmm. when my client's hurting, I hurt. I am very, one of my clients told me one time, you're an empath. And I thought, oh, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I understand that because I feel for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I am willing to get down in the dumps with my client. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to hear them out. Um, I will always be their listening ear. I will always congratulate their successes. Mm. Um, and I, I love them. I love them deeply. That's great advice. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, when we show up in a space of unconditional love and when we show up in support of the prospective client as a human. Yeah. And we see their humanness and all of its vulnerabilities. And we show up in any and every capacity that we are capable of in support of their needs, their wants, their desires, not just from a transactional perspective. Right. From a humanistic relational perspective. That's where magic happens. You know, it's that's how we differentiate ourselves from our competition. That's how we truly become a solution provider because it's not about the transaction. Right. So right. I, I, I love your advice across the board. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, of course. Of course. I always have a saying where I say, if you're trying to start a business, get in with your hairdresser. <laughs> everybody and she's a networker and if she's good she'll put you in the right hands nice <laughs> nice I love that so Tiffany welcome to the signature question of the show and that is what is selling without selling mean to you you know selling without selling what that means to me is um, really if you love something and you feel like it's going to benefit and better the world, you're not selling anything. Mm. You're not. Um, If it's in your heart, it's in your soul, it works for you in your life, you believe in it, you believe that it's going to better this world, you are not selling a single thing Mm. ever. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, for me, selling without selling is showing up in your most authentic, congruent, transparent self with all of your vulnerabilities, understanding that the itty bitty shitty committee is only there for you to hear it. It's only there, you know, it's only there because you're operating on a program that either serves you or doesn't serve you and you get to choose to do something about it. Selling without selling is understanding that you have a trade, a skill, and that skill, if it's avoided being backed by a mindset to support it, is incapable of taking you where you dream of desire and deserve. Right. Yeah. Selling without selling is servicing and being the best of the best and navigating your prospective clientele through their decision-making process so that they end up in the best solution for them. Right. 
So welcome to the random round, Tiffany. I believe that success leaves clues and I like to extract specific things from our expert guests so that our listeners can turn around and go, wow, I really like that. I'd like to apply that to myself. So what's your morning ritual look like? Okay, so my morning ritual is real easy. Um, I wake up and I drag myself as quickly as I can to the coffee machine. <laughs> um, I pour myself a cup of coffee and I take a moment to sit with my horses. Mm. Um, I have horses, I do. Um, and we have a very nonverbal conversation. Nice. And it brings me, it, it brings me back to earth mm. and I'm ready to start my day. You know, I kind of feel like my horses help me connect to my higher power, uh, to my God, to myself. Um, that is my morning ritual. And I am blessed every single day that I get to do that. That's phenomenal. You know, I, I have a coach that um, she ran at an equine center and what she would do is she would teach people uh, their, their energy expression that they weren't even aware of. And yeah. horses, horses are the most incredible teachers. 100%. Yeah, the, the horses in the wild, they'll just sit there and graze. And if a lion's walking by, the horse will stop grazing and look at the lion. And if the lion is congruent with being full, and they're lethargic and they're just looking for a place to collapse and take a nap, the horse will continue to graze. Yep. However, if the lion's incongruent with being full and they're really stalking, looking for the weakest in their herd, then the horses will tap into the energy, identify the incongruency and take off running. And as long as a horse gets a jump start on the lion, they can outrun them because of their speed and stamina. Right. And um, I never really understood that. So she had put me in a pen with a horse and I'm, I'm a pretty strong woman. So she put me in a pen with, um, with a very timid, sensitive horse. And this horse would buck and huff and like almost scream. Yeah. And she kept telling me, be aware of the energy you're projecting, you're intimidating her. Right. And it taught me to really pull back and be my most vulnerable self. And when I did, the horse came up and put her head on my shoulder. And it was the most incredible experience. That's so amazing. I, you know, it kind of reminds me of my pony. Mm. Um, I was going to get rid of this pony because he had tried to kick me. Oh my gosh. I can't even countless times, countless. And he came from, you know, a very bad situation and I got him from my son and it was an extra horse and I wasn't taking the time. And that pony has taught me more about life, mm. more about business, more about people without a single word mm. and that pony that wouldn't get near anybody. I spend 
at minimum 30 minutes per day with that pony. And, mm-hmm. and I have a full, I have full size horses. Okay. This is little Shetland and mm-hmm. it's all about body language and yep. what you're bringing, yep. what you're bringing to them. I mean, they are so sensitive and they will heal you before you even know that you're healed. Yeah. It's, it's a great teacher for relationships, both personal and business. Horses, horses communicate because each one has their own personality and each one has their own dynamics and they're no different than people. The only difference is they're very congruent and they're very transparent and they can't use words. Yeah. Where people can, can, and wear a mask, a horse won't. And they won't let you wear one either. Yeah. So Tiffany, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal talking with you. If our listeners want to find you, reach out to you, follow you, how can they? You know, they can find me on Instagram, um, Tiffany, and then last name, Low, L-O-E. So it's just at Tiffany, L-O-E. Fantastic. So Instagram at Tiffany Low, L-O-E. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.